0: Jordan Kavuma and this podcast serves as your space to find clarity and grounding in your creative business. I hope that our time together will provide you with not only a clear vision for the way forward, but a strategy for how to achieve it while keeping the most important things, the most important things, because when you thrive, your business thrives. Welcome back to episode six of the grounding podcast. I hope that you have been loving this first season of the grounding and that you have really gained a lot of not only inspiration, but actionable steps that you can take to establish a strong foundation within your business. Um, That is my heart behind Not only the season of the podcast, but really the podcast as a whole. I think that whenever you get really clear on your motivating factors and you establish a really strong foundation for your business, then not only is it going to have longevity, but it's also going to be able to withstand all the different seasons that you experience as a human being. And that's the goal. The goal is for your business to support your personal life, not the other way around. So that is one of the reasons that I am so incredibly excited for today's guest on the podcast. My friend Elizabeth is coming on to have a conversation with me about health. And the reason that I wanted to chat with her is because she is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. So we talk about what functional nutrition is um, in our conversation. But really, she focuses on the gut-brain connection and how our experiences in little and large traumas, as well as prolonged stress shift our physical health and then in turn our mental health. So this I knew, like I knew that this was just so important to talk about because I feel like a lot of times as entrepreneurs, creatives, women, we can tend to neglect our physical health and that I don't think anybody's going to argue that that is not a good plan long term. But for some reason, it still happens. And it happens so much more than I think any of us want to admit. So the exciting part is that Elizabeth is not only having this conversation with me for this episode, but she is also having a conversation with me every single season of the podcast. So she is going to be our resident expert on all things nutrition and health and functional medicine And I am so thrilled because I really want to take a holistic approach to you bettering yourself and bettering your business. And that doesn't have to do, that doesn't only have to do with, you know, identifying your ideal client or establishing, you know, a solid brand or making that sure that your financials are in order. Like all of those things are incredibly important, but so is your health. And so I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just talking about it and mentioning it, but that I was putting it into practice. And so having Elizabeth on every season, I think is just going to give us all something to go off of to where we can actually have those conversations and we can hopefully have a lot of really great insight and questions answered. And then you can just be introduced to Elizabeth and the work that she does with women. So I don't want to just keep talking about it. I want to let you guys listen to our conversation. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you
1: are going to love it.
0: Hey, Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. How's it going?
1: Good, good. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you on to talk about health and the ins and outs of what is normal and what is not normal in here about your story and what you offer today for creatives and everything that you do. So I just want to start off with um, introducing you and letting people get to know you a little bit better. So why don't you just tell us about your story and why you are so passionate about health when it comes to females and their bodies and how it just relates to every aspect of our life.
1: Yeah, well definitely my health experience all stems from my own health experience. Um, I have been a wedding and portrait photographer for 15 years. I started my company when I went to college and did that while I was in Um, a photojournalism program, would shoot weddings all summer, families all fall, do school, (laughs) and business kind of in a really unhealthy way. Now that I look back, I was working like 100 (laughs) hours a week easy.
0: Oh
1: my god. Yeah, and so did that for a long time, moved home, opened a business, did that a while, Um, but my health crisis started to kind of trickle in. I had two sons back to back about two years apart, so not super close. Mm -hmm. Um, There had been little signs that my body maybe was off or had just little symptom things that I could wave off as, Oh, that's just what it is. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's what happens. Um, But after I had my second son, um, kind of my entrepreneurial burnout was at its peak. I was still trying to hang on and do the work I was contracted for,
0: um,
1: but also just really did not have the bandwidth with a two-year-old and an infant. Um, I also, was in the process of beginning to leave a destructive marriage and the trauma of that really wreaked havoc on my body. I Mm -hmm. developed um, uh, five or six autoimmune diseases, um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and hypothyroidism come out of nowhere. I was super anemic, had severe mono, um, got Mm -hmm. rheumatoid arthritis to where like, I couldn't get up from nursing my boy. Like I had to have help out of a chair.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it was really wild. And I also had a little bit of mold illness in there from a home we were living in, but it was all those other parts that complicated and made my body super sensitive to pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm very like type a hardworking. I am creative, but more in a a woo woo business, like strategic way. Not in that I have this brilliant creative gifting. So for me, moving from Western medicine into kind of a functional approach and trying to put together a puzzle was like super fun, but also very outside of my box.
0: Yeah. So when you say a functional approach or like functional medicine, as opposed Mm -hmm. to Western medicine, can you kind of break that down? I think I know what you're talking about, but like, is it more like essential oils and, I don't know, like kombucha or, you know, like what
1: does functional medicine mean? Yeah. So we think of the traditional Western medicine paradigm, like we're going to go to the hospital and we're seeing all MDs and they're treating things with medicine and blood work. And just kind of your typical, you go to your general doctor and we just looked at your symptoms and we want to treat your symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, Functional medicine is often filled with MDs and naturopaths and People with all sorts of schooling, it's not as rigid. But the approach is different in that we look at the symptoms and there's a constant digging for the root cause. We want to eliminate the symptom from where it starts instead of patching it with a medication. So sometimes that does mean um, like those tangential things like drinking kombucha or fermented foods or using essential oils. But I wouldn't say I would say those are like sprinkles on the cake for me. They're not fundamental portions of how um, either I cared for myself or now I care for my clients.
0: Yeah. So going back to your, your story. Mm -hmm. So today, what, what's going on with your health? Like, are you still dealing with the autoimmune disorders or where are you at with all of that?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, um, Three of my five autoimmune disorders are in remission. Rheumatoid arthritis is gone. Raynaud's mm-hmm. is gone. Um, I still have some non-celiac gluten sensitivity, but it's not quite celiac severe anymore, where it was yeah. for a little bit. Um, I still have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, but it has receded a lot, and um, all that. My mono levels are gone. Anemia gone. All of that is gone. So day to day, I feel really great. Um, I've kind of gone through another round of healing after about of. A- some pretty intense stress. um, But nothing like what I had previously lived. I'm in a much more healthy place. I also went back to school um, to become a a nutritional therapy practitioner. And in that education, kind of was able to take my healing to a new level. And I found my body to be more steady and trustworthy over time. That really wasn't the case for about a year and a half, almost two years.
0: Yeah. So okay, I'm like super interested in your nutritional therapy um, schooling that you're doing and what that looks like. So kind of clue us in on that. Like, what does it look like to um, be studying nutritional therapy, especially in the way that you're doing it?
1: Yeah. So for me, healing of my own illness came from looking at foods that were driving my various illnesses. Um, I eliminated sugar, caffeine, I eliminated gluten and dairy, all for different purposes and different seasons. I still avoid gluten and dairy, um, but the other things I can have. And so seeing my body repair just with those simple shifts and not really the addition of any medication at all, I didn't have to take like supplemental nutrients because I was so um, just nutritionally depleted. Like my testing was kind of coming back as malnourished was the regular thing. I lost 80 pounds in two months. It wasn't entirely explained by the hypothyroidism. I was still nursing a baby, so I couldn't really say, I couldn't do a lot of things. Like I had to really heal myself with food if I wanted to keep nursing, and I was just feeble. So introducing new medication wasn't really kind of an option for me right then. Um, But nutritional therapy, the approach is that we look at the body um, through the ways that it's nourished and then the ways that it heals itself. So our bodies are always trying to reach homeostasis. We're always trying to get back to normal, to a level. We get cold. Our bodies try to heat themselves up. We get warm. they try to cool themselves down. This yeah. mechanism like functions in so many ways in our body. So nutritional therapy goes through your digestion first, north to south, and looks at the parts of your digestion to see where dysfunction is. We look at um, hydration, minerals, fatty acids, um there are lots of symptoms in the body that point to these deficiencies. And we can look through a series of symptom questions to see in which ways your body's needs supported. Mm. And instead of trying to mask the symptom, we look and say like, oh, you're maybe you're really shaky in the afternoons or you get hangry. Well, we've got some kind of blood sugar dysregulation going on. So we look for nutrient depletions. We look for just the ways in which you're eating, how you're balancing your macros, if you will, um, yeah. to try and to try and teach and empower the individual to be able to care for those things or dysfunctions.
0: Yeah. So, if so, like I'm thinking about myself,
1: obviously, mm-hmm.
0: like you know, the afternoons come, it's like post lunch, and I'm just waiting until I cannot work anymore. You know, like I could just be done for the day because my brain is like, can I'm just not focused. I can't, I can't keep going. Mm-hmm. So, but I wouldn't say like, like sometimes I feel like, sure, I could be healthier. Maybe we could all be like a little bit healthier.
1: Sure. But
0: <laughs> I don't really have, like, I don't know that I could say like, all of the symptoms that you were showing with like feeling so weak and um, not being able to stand up from nursing. Like those aren't things that I have experienced, but I do know that there's a lot of work that I could do for my health. So maybe if you could just explain a little bit or just give some insight into like, what does healthy look like? You know, like maybe symptoms that often get overlooked or somebody is like, oh, well, that's just normal. It's normal for me to feel like I am about to crash at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Like, is that normal or is that not normal? Can we, you know, is there something that we should be aspiring to with our health or looking for with our health that maybe doesn't get noticed because it's so widespread, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And everybody feels this way, or a lot of people feel this way. And so we're just like, Oh, well, that's normal. But really, that's not what healthy looks like. Does that make any sense?
1: <laughs> yeah. And does. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I mean, I was pretty profoundly sick for a period of time. But even coming out of that, moved back into a place where I was like, crashing every day and still needing a nap. And I was like, okay, this isn't normal. But a lot of my mom friends deal with this Maybe it is normal. And so now I tell my clients, like, you should be able to do a reasonable amount of what you want to do every single day and not need a nap, not feel like you can't focus or pay attention, not have anything that kind of holds you back or restrains you from normal activity. Um, Obviously, that can look super different. I'm a high achiever. And if I held that up as my standard, it would be unreasonable (laughs) because (laughs) I want to get everything done every day. But, yeah, so, like, normal things that we've come to kind of accept like that lull in the afternoon is not normal. Um, As far as females go, like having really heavy periods or PMS that takes us out of the game as in like, we feel like we need to stay home or we just feel like our moods are really unstable or we can't focus and do our work um, as we can do the rest of the month. Um, Or even missing periods, not having periods is not a normal Um, symptom. Anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression that's not tied to a situation is going to be something that can be shifted with nutrition and oftentimes healed. Um, Feelings of panic, um, brain fog, things like joint pain. Totally not normal for us to have joint pain. Um, If you're not waking up kind of after like seven to nine hours of sleep, which often we don't get as entrepreneurs.
0: um, (laughs) But if
1: we're not waking up feeling like, okay, I'm ready to get out of the bed, that's not normal either. We've come to accept yeah. that as normal. In my entire life, I had like 10 alarms set and was like dragging myself to the coffee pot. <laughs> <Same>. But like, <laughs> That's not, yeah, That's and some of it is like optimal, but also from where I sit as an entrepreneur, if I can have optimal and empower my skill sets to like go forth even more so, then I want to do that. Yeah. And if I want to be a mom and be an entrepreneur, I legitimately need to be able to do that or I can't, yeah. I can't do either of those well. So um cravings are things too that are not normal like salty sweet cravings needing food or binge eating um Mm. those are kind of all issues there's a host of digestive issues too but those are kind of those ones that we think of as like oh that's annoying but it's just life but it doesn't have to be
0: yeah no I totally get that and I don't even sometimes I don't think about like like I um have tried to start one of my I don't know uh like guilty pleasures, I guess maybe is the word. Is um, after dinner, it's almost like my body had gotten trained to want something sweet. Like I, yeah. as soon as I would put away the dishes from dinner and finish up, I immediately just started thinking about: Do I have any ice cream? Do I have stuff to make mm-hmm. chocolate chip cookies? Did I have any brownies left over from whatever? And so, um, it was actually i it's gotten a lot better, but it was like a few months of me purposefully like shutting myself off from the kitchen at like seven thirty. So it's like, I'm not allowed to go to the kitchen to get anything <laughs> like attempt myself uh, after this time. and but it's still something that like, it's it, it like, it gets so ingrained in you. And it's not that I was constantly eating desserts either. It was a lot of just like, that's what my brain expected. Like my body expected something sweet after I would finish having my meal for the evening. Mm-hmm. But thinking about, I just thought it was normal. I was like, well, everybody wants dessert, right? But <laughs> yeah, I mean, like thinking through things like having these cravings, like what would you would you say cravings in general are not normal or is it just like being obsessive over it or what, what's the line? Cause I mean, I can remember thinking like, Oh man, I could totally go for this right now. You know, just like some kind of food, which I guess would like essentially be considered a craving. But when you say cravings, like salty, sweet cravings, like what would define that as like, mm, you should probably like get that under control or think through that.
1: Yeah. So Sweet and salty cravings are going to still be kind of bio-individual, but I always say if it's interrupting your day, like if you cannot mm-hmm. proceed with what you're doing without going and doing that, mm-hmm. then we um, kind of put the puzzle together. And sometimes it can just be like a food addiction issue or this is something we've always grown up with. Sometimes it can be um, gut related, like there are bacteria there are parasites that like feed on sugar and they will drive your desire to and like I had a client once who had blood sugar dysregulation issues and she called me from a trip and she was like hey I'm on my fifth Snickers bar and I like cannot stop no and she's like (laughs) be like you and me have five Snickers and I was like okay well you know we talked through some things and worked through the puzzle and like she had some mold illness stuff going on and when there's mold in you systemically it feeds on sugar and you're gonna be like compelled almost wow. to like get what you need yeah. um and so that's sort of a thing but it can also be s- sort of psycho-emotional but even for me like I look back on my healthiest times coming out of being sick I had no cravings at all and when I'm kind of slouching now like yeah. I would even get to mealtime be like oh it's time to eat <laughs> I'm gonna <Wow>. forget <laughs> and now like when I kind of lapse in and out of Dabbling in sugar don't make me do what I need to do. I notice kind of cravings creep in, and I have tools now to be like, okay, this is what's happening. This yeah. is what my body needs to reset because I've understood those underlying mechanisms. But
0: yeah, it's crazy how sugar is just—I don't just so addictive. Which I mean, we all know that. No, I don't think anyone is unaware at this point that mm-hmm. sugar is addictive. But just how like it's in everything. <laughs> and then you just yes. really, you know, your body, just has to have it. And then things just don't taste good unless it's in there and it blows my mind. But I mean, what do you find as, cause I have a very like obsessive personality. I'm, I'm an Enneagram seven. And so mm. <laughs> if that informs anything, I, like when I get an idea or, um, like something that I want to do, I really latch onto it. And it's, Mm -hmm. there's no middle ground. It's like, I'm going to go in all the way.
1: Mm -hmm. So in
0: the times that I have tried to cut out sugar, it's really hard for me to get over that thought of like, you can never have sugar again for the rest of your life. Or it's like, (laughs) but you know, it's like, where can you find that balance? Like, is there something that you have found that works well for you? And especially like, when you're an entrepreneur, you own your own business, like life can be hectic, especially if you travel, if say you're in the wedding industry and you're going to, um, you're shooting weddings and they're like, here, friendly photographer, like take some of this food. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you find as like a good balance or kind of guiding light when you think through those things of like, this is a way that I can be, Really mindful of what I'm putting in my body, but mm-hmm. also not become like incredibly obsessive and not be it. like I'm so focused on cutting out the sugar that I really can't focus on anything else. Like, have you found a way to kind of like tackle that in a manageable approach?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I think one of the things that really has helped me because I did deal with some disordered eating when I was really sick, cause I had to cut out so much and I earnestly needed to, to continue living basically. Yeah. Um, but then that got to a place where like my digestive issues, like everything scared me. Like I didn't yeah. want to go out to eat. Like I didn't want to try this. Cause one time I gotten sick and for a while that earnestly was true. If I was going to eat some gluten, I was going to be very sick for a couple of days, yeah. but coming out of that and learning kind of like moderation, I think with clients, a lot of times, when we learn and we truly understand how our digestive tract works, when we learn that sugar is an anti-nutrient and how, like what it specifically depletes, um, mm-hmm. it can be so empowering because these are things that like our moms didn't know to teach us. Like a lot yeah. of it's research that's out, you know, in the last 30, 40 years or just has gotten a voice in the last 10 years yeah, um, or less. And a lot of it too is just, um, mm, like learning new replacement patterns for past stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't eat sugar, but I can eat some honey and some maple syrup. And those things have more nutritional value for me. And I've gone through a period of time. Like one of my biggest things with my clients is give me three months to do community care for you, or we can do some elimination. You can commit to new choices and see how you feel. Cause every 90 days, all of our blood cells like are new. So let's give you 90 oh, wow. days to kind of restore Your body and see what happens. And like, once you've kind of got that benchmark of like, okay, I know that I can feel at least this good, making those choices and having the just information around it has been so empowering for so many people. And then just practically having like a good substitute. Like, I don't eat white sugar anymore, but I will bake with the maple syrup and be super (laughs) happy about it. And that's okay. Like, it's good.
0: Yeah. No, that's super helpful. Like, a really Mm -hmm. helpful way to think about it. And I mean, so, Maybe for some listeners who are thinking like this sounds really great um you know I could I could I could eat better I could take better care of my body but life is just busy or mm-hmm. there's a lot going on or mm-hmm. this is too expensive or whatever mm-hmm. like what would be your pitch or your like plea to this person as to why this matters like what's going to be the long-term effect I guess of where your help meets the success of your business and how like your business really needs you to be healthy. Like, how do you think that, like what would be your soapbox that you would stand on when it comes to that kind of topic?
1: The more that I see I've done business coaching for women also for about the last six years and it was mostly in the photo industry and then kind of branched out from there. Um, but I kind of got to be privy to seeing a lot of struggles that women had in business and burnout. Um, And it just reminds me of recently seeing a meme somewhere that was like, "Uh, why am I going to spend $10 on almond flour when I can spend a dollar on normal flour? And the other person says back, because I spent $10,000 at a mental hospital and I could have just spent the $10 (laughs) on the almond flour. it's not quite that simple, but like when you're going constantly when you have a high level of stress as we do when we're doing all the things and figuring out what to delegate mm-hmm. and we don't sleep a lot. Like we work hard and we don't sleep a lot because it's just not practical to like be a human and an entrepreneur, forget throwing in like wife, you know, mother, all those other parts. Yeah. Um. For me, like I look back on, it took me a year and a half to heal to a place where I could wo- like work full time again. Mm. And to think about, I mean, luckily like, like I was married and I had provision then and like my boys were cared for and I could care for them mostly. I had to have babysitters help for a long time, but gosh, if I could have not had that happen. Like an
0: entire year of just being stuck. and Like like
1: I couldn't, I was all I could do to get through the day. And I think more and more to research reports that women often burn out at high levels to a severe degree to where you can't work, where you have a mental health crisis or issue yeah. because of what's expected of us because of um gender roles still kind of crossing over into us stepping into the workforce more and in different ways um mm. I just think about that consequence I guess and then I think too the consequence of every day if I'm not in tip-top shape to do my work now which is literally helping people here them heal their bodies then I'm missing out really on like what I'm called into and like this space for my work that like I really enjoy and the same with weddings like I can't I couldn't go and do a 10 hour wedding on my feet and like make pictures that were meaningful to somebody. And so I think a lot of times when working with entrepreneur women, I mean, every week I get women in my office who are like, I run one to five businesses. And I'm like, hold on, wait a minute, what? what one um, to five. Yes. Like we're <laughs> doing something difference. with friends. Yeah. Like running things with their husbands, running a family business, still having the children. Like, you know, like those are. Like almost full time careers in and of themselves. Mm. We talk about what would it look like for you to be able to be effective in all these places long term, and then what would it look like if you were effective in none of them because you were sick or
0: yeah,
1: or yeah. I think that. That's like
0: a whole other conversation that could even happen yeah. of mm-hmm. like at what point, like when you prioritize creation of businesses, you know, and ideas mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. your health, and then at the end of the day, like it's not there's just I feel like it's just this big puzzle and if you're missing the piece of you being full and whole and like physically healthy and like emotionally healthy and mentally healthy yeah. like all of these great ideas that you have are just gonna really fall flat because you're not going to be able to execute them and so it's yeah. just I don't know I feel like there's been a trend going on for such a long time of we just got to hustle. We just got to hustle. And that's all you need. If you just hustle, you can make this happen and you can work harder and you can work harder and you can work harder. And then, Mm -hmm. but that's, it falls short. Like it just falls really, really short because you can hustle until the point that you physically just, you can't hustle anymore. I mean, and then like you said, you know, I mean, if you take care of yourself along the way, then you're, less likely you know life happens but you're less likely to hit that wall of all right I'm done (laughs) like I can't do this anymore and then you have to take time to heal and and to to get yourself back to the place that you were or back to like your best self of what you know where you can be offering um your best services but I think that's super insightful I'm so glad like side note before we wrap up like Elizabeth is going to be making an appearance appearance on every season of the podcast so we can talk Mm -hmm. about different health topics. So I'm super excited about everything she's going to bring, like all the wisdom and knowledge and um, practical tips for us as female creative business owners to not just have like successful businesses, but to have healthy and successful lives outside of our business Mm because The only way that it's going to keep improving and growing. So if somebody is listening and they want to just do something today that Mm -hmm. like, all right, maybe a 90 day overhaul would be amazing, you know, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that's not going to happen today or tomorrow, what is what are some things that we can practically implement right now as busy female creative business owners that will in the long run, if we are diligent and disciplined then and keep doing these things, we're going to eventually see some good results.
1: Yeah. um, I'm all about a tip and I'm all about simple things because the topic of health and nutrition can be super overwhelming and information from all corners. Um, First thing is (laughs) I think, you know, hydration, like water is, in the U.S. the number one nutrient deficiency. Water is a nutrient. So drinking the appropriate amount of water for your body every day is key and shifts mental health so much. It is mind-boggling to me the amount of anxiety and clients that I've seen completely go away because they weren't drinking water and they were wow. drinking so much caffeine. So ideal hydration is half your body weight in ounces. So you weigh 200 pounds, so you're going to drink 100 ounces of water a day. And then you replace any diuretic beverage, so coffee, tea, anything that's got caffeine in it, with one and a half times the ounces of water. All right. That is super helpful. A lot of water. (laughs) It's a lot of water. And I, you know, I try to, um, a super helpful tip for me has been to buy water bottles in the amount. Like I have four hydro flasks and I fill those up to what I need for the day. And then okay. I do that in the morning. I don't have to think about it anymore. I'm all about removing decision-making for myself. Yeah. So if they're there and they're ready, then my only job is to complete them by the end of the day. Yeah. And then I know that I've hit my water goals. Um,
0: That's a good idea. Do yeah. you ever flavor your water or do you like, like citrus or anything or you just, do you like it straight, like straight water?
1: I'm super happy with straight filtered water. Um, I also love to add in lemon juice. It's super great for your digestion. Also a big fan. Well, I do hot yoga a lot. And so I love the Nun hydration tabs or um, Ultra, I think is what they're called. Just electrolyte replacement is enjoyable enough for me without there being any sugar junk involved. Those are both really clean options. Yeah,
0: I'll get those from you and then put them in the show notes. So if people are... Want to look out for them; they can find them easily. Cool. Um. Yeah. So water. What else?
1: Water. Um. Food-wise, just getting back to as many whole foods and nutrient density. Mm-hmm. So step one would be like, am I gonna go have? I don't know. Some fast food for lunch. Well, we can have like fast food that's made of vegetables for lunch, and fruits. Like just getting back to whole foods and like eating a dinner before we go out drinks with friends or just just making sure that we're having actual food that we're not having chips and crackers and a piece of salami for lunch that we're eating Mm -hmm. like actual food really really makes a difference because if we're not giving our body the nutrients it's not going to get them yeah so we have to put in um you know food I hate the saying food is fuel but it's unfortunately (laughs) really true (laughs) and you can't be more healthy than you know you can't out function or out train or whatever your nutrition. So eating just whole foods, nutrients, yeah. whole foods, and as close to their natural form as possible is will really change health quickly.
0: Do you have like a go to lunch that you when you're out going chasing your kids and doing mm-hmm. work and whatnot? Do you have a go to that's like oh this is easy but it's good?
1: Yeah, um, I like to grab. Uh, like a sandwich wrapped in lettuce from there's like a local deli in town I go there a lot and I'll get like okay. two meats and all the vegetables and some mustard I love me some mustard Jimmy John's I mean an unwich is kind of the same okay as yeah. That. yeah or if I'm home I'll do a bowl of just a bowl of greens and toss in maybe leftover roasted vegetables leftover protein mm. a fried egg like basically whatever conglomerate of leftover foods in my yep. fridge and like pickled <laughs> things. And like, I just toss as much on there as possible and then move on with life. Yeah. Pretty normal for me every day.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. So water and whole foods, anything else?
1: Oh, sleep is a really good one, but that's mm-hmm. kind of a, a far flung, you know, like getting to bed before um, 10 is better for rest than staying up late. It would be better for you to get up early um, seven to nine hours is a goal, but also sometimes that's not possible. Yeah. And that's hard. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, seriously.
1: Um, yeah. And with kids, it's even harder. You know, like, they're, they're outside forces at work. It's not just you and what you want to do, so I get that. Um, but building in time during the day to have, like, even just five minutes of some deep breathing with your eyes closed, not looking at a computer, not doing work or answering things can really, really shift the way your body is able to rest and reset so sleep yeah. first but then after that just like five minutes of a time of breath work during the day a couple times can really really make a big difference in our just daily health and stress management
0: yeah oh, that's super helpful I know I love like I mean sleep is you get it I have a one-year-old and mm-hmm. I mean she's a good sleeper I will say that but that good sleeper for a one-year-old doesn't mean seven to nine hours for mm-hmm. mom. <laughs> yeah.
1: And every <laughs> night, dependably. No. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> no. So, so, yeah,
0: like, having the moments during the day just to, like, relax and not try to be solving a problem is,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, that sounds really nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, and as Americans, too, like, we can... Everything's so busy. We're going all the time. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of obligations, but just resetting our rest and relaxed nervous system as opposed to being in fight or flight does so many yeah. things inside of your body, especially your digestion. Like we can't digest food unless we're in a rest and relaxed state. Our body will just send it on through. So getting out of fight That's or flight, which yeah. we're in regularly as entrepreneurs, um, is really, really key to establishing some long-term health and healthy habits. That's amazing.
0: Well, this conversation has been super insightful. I know I have a lot of, I'm going to like go get my water bottles now and (laughs) put away the coffee mug and start (laughs) drinking a little bit more water because I know I need to do that. Um, so if people want to find you, where would be the best place for them to look out for you?
1: Yeah. My website is Hey, Hey, May, and that's M A Mm E.com. And then I do have a Facebook page, um, Instagram, it's probably a good place where I drop a lot of tips and I do a lot of stories about, um, kind of feeding yourself well and still doing life. And my Instagram handle is Hey, Hey Elizabeth May.
0: Perfect. Well, I will put all of that in the show notes, but if you guys have any questions, um, anything that you would like to talk about Elizabeth with, then just hit her up. She, you do, um, like one-on-one help coaching, um, but then also group coaching,
1: yeah, so I do one-on-ones for folks um, where we can implement testing and other things. And then we. I'm getting ready to launch a program in January that's like a general health reset. It's a group program, four weeks, nice. kind of gut and digestion focused. And then, um, yeah, I love questions. The format on my blog is kind of people writing questions, and then I answer your question. Um, so I'm all about that. And, of course, there's backlog of all sorts of questions on there. So lots of good stuff to dig into.
0: Sweet. All right. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining me. And I can't wait for us to talk every single season about a new topic. And I'm sure people are going to be pretty crazy about it and love all of this health stuff that we that we discuss. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, glad to.
0: Thanks so much for listening. in, guys, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Elizabeth and that you are looking forward as much as I am To her being on the podcast every single season, we are going to talk about some really specific topics and I really believe that it's going to be beneficial. And I hope that we can just adopt this mindset that yes, we all agree that our physical health is important, but sometimes we don't take that into action (laughs) and we just let it sit there. So whenever we can see the direct correlation between our physical health and the success of our business, I think that that's really motivating and it can really cause us to actually do the work that we need to do to make sure that we're taking care of our bodies. So like I said in the episode, I will link to not only Elizabeth's Instagram and website in the show notes, but also the products that she was mentioning so that we can all get in on that and start to do those very practical steps throughout the day in order to see gradual change over time. So next week is episode seven it is the last episode of this season before the listener QA. so we are going to be talking about how to find that sweet spot between what you are good at and what you are passionate about. So I think that um, it's going to be really fun to look into that, and then also I have some some practical ways for you to analyze the things that you're thinking about with that and some questions to ask yourself. So make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast so that that will drop straight into your podcast feed and then also if you could just take a second and rate and review this podcast on Apple t- iTunes, I would be so so thankful. That really helps this podcast grow. It helps me continue to reach other creative business owners, which is my heart behind this, just to give free advice, free thoughts to how to grow your business in a way that is going to complement your life. So if you are as passionate about that as I am, then just head on over to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. So like always, so thankful for you guys. I hope you have an amazing week and I will talk to you soon.